Entering our second season of Blood Time, we want to thank not only our phenomenal and remarkable individuals that were our guests, but also the support, the incredible support that we have had throughout the community, not only locally, but nationally. What you can absolutely put to bed as guaranteed the second season of Blood Time are more remarkable individuals, more transformative stories, and more Blood Time moments. Please give a listen to the second season for we are all blood. Coach Cimarroni here. Love to all. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com. In the midst of our current health crisis, we at Blood Time want to thank Guy and Gus Seiko and the team at Defense Soap as a beacon of our protection. Body wipes, skin cleansers, bars of soap, shower gels, and disinfectant tablets. All this and more as Defense Soap is on the front line of our protection. Thanks to the Seiko family and their team at Defense Soap. Check them out for all your protection needs during these precarious times. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni, Blood Time. We have a phenomenal guest on the phone today, all the way from, I believe, the Pacific Northwest, Matt Lindland. How you doing, Matt? You know, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. And, uh, yeah, I'm originally from the Pacific Northwest, but I'm currently living in Colorado Springs at the moment. Okay, well, you're still west of the Rockies, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not west of the Rockies. I am... Uh, I am uh, just just east of the Rocky Mountains here on the Front Range. I guess I'm ge- geographically challenged, but thank you so much for being here. I love that. And yeah, you you went to school in Oregon. You went to uh, what school did what uh, Gladstone High? Uh, yeah, I did. I did go to high school in Gladstone. And then you ended up, um, I think, a national champ at Clackamas, right? Community College. Yeah, wrestled. Uh... Community College in my hometown, Clackamas Community College is. Uh, they are continuing to have a lot of success out there at uh, Clackamas with uh, Coach Josh Roden. He does a phenomenal job with that program. He does, and I just read a book by Richard Jensen, um, the guy who was basically uh, a criminal, homeless to a national champion, and he wrestled at a junior college that I think competed with Clackamas. And it, he ended up being yeah, a, actually, uh, yeah, Richard did go to Clackamas. Uh, and I think he was a national, or he was like a senior national champion, even though he made the nationals for Clackamas. He never, he never placed. But what a story! Oh my God, he was a thirty-six-year-old guy making the national national tournament. Yeah, he certainly did turn his life around with the, the help of wrestling, and uh, certainly with the support of uh, Coach Roden and the staff at uh, Clackamas Community College. I, I really have a lot of respect for for that program and, and what they do for individuals as well as the athletes. It's amazing. It's amazing what that sport is uh, out there at Clackamas and what it could do for individuals like yourself, like for for Richard, um, and and really a springboard for you to become a silver medalist at both the worlds as well as the 2000 Olympics. And you went from folk style to Greco. Tell me a little bit about what attracted you to Greco, Matt, and then your excellence and your 
how you excelled in that in that uh, that style of our sport. Well, I was very fortunate when I when I started the sport of wrestling uh, as a freshman in high school. Right after the high school season, I uh, competed at uh, what, what we called the state tournament at, in Oregon for Greco-Roman and freestyle, and I was able to to enter both uh, divisions as a uh, cadet and as a junior. Okay. And uh, and so that that's how you can you can literally go zero and eight in one weekend. Uh, enter enter both styles of freestyle and Greco. You wrestle two age divisions. And you can find yourself zero and eight uh, wow. in one one weekend. And so, after that weekend, I I uh, started exploring uh, clubs and training opportunities uh, near uh, near the Portland area. Okay. Uh, there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot out in Gladstone, and I'm not actually from Gladstone. I I lived uh, out in Lower Logan, and we did not have high school, so our uh, our school district shipped us into Gladstone. Gotcha. Uh, about forty-five minutes away from my home, and wow. uh, and I found a, the wrestling program there at the high school, but they did not support uh, international style of wrestling or anything postseason. So, I found myself over at a club, uh, USA Oregon, where Coach Mark Sprague was uh, leading that program, and he's been a mentor of mine my entire life. And uh, when I got there, they actually had uh, multiple Olympians in the room. Uh, one guy, Mark Fuller, who already been on a couple Olympic teams, Anthony Amato, been on an Olympic team, and then we had guys that were world team members, and then we also had the uh, the, the coach that was the Olympic coach in 1984, and uh, his name was Pablo Kotzen, and uh, he got me uh, involved in Greco-Roman wrestling, and at that time I was told, you know, the only way to make an Olympic team, and this isn't true, but... Uh, <laughs> this is what uh, the orthodoxy was of, uh, of that time. Was the only way to make an Olympic team was you had to find your way to a Division One college and uh, and move on. I wasn't quite ready when I graduated high school to compete at the Division One level. Okay. And so uh, found myself at Clackamas Community College, like we talked about. Right. But uh, ultimately, uh, wrestled D one for a couple of years at University of Nebraska and. Uh, after that, I, I started pursuing Greco-Roman. Uh, my, my wife and I moved our family back to Oregon after college. Okay. And uh, when I was out in Oregon, I was trying to train as best I can out there. And uh, at that time, Coach Mike Houck was starting a resident uh, program at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado. So two weeks after my second child was born, my daughter Robin, we... Uh, packed our car up and moved to Colorado Springs to be a part of that program and uh, pursue the uh, Olympic dream of winning a medal at the Games and representing the United States. It is a dream, and it's a fantastic dream that came true for you. And So there's two questions I have. Who was the person, what coach said something to you, that blood time moment that transformed you from a wrestler to a Greco wrestler and then a Greco world-class wrestler uh, medalist? And what what attracted you to that style of the sport? Well, I, I love the philosophy of international wrestling. It's all about risk. And the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. Sure. You know, if you take a guy from his feet to his back, it's it's four points. Um, if you, you know, do that maneuver with artisticness and uh, 
and flare and uh, you create a high amplitude throw you can add another point on to that yep um but as far as uh as far as a particular coach that really inspired me to wrestle greco-roman i i guess that would have to be uh coach mike Hauk when uh you know he reached out and said you know i want you to come train at the olympic training center i think that was uh you know uh, after college you know sure. and so um, just getting that opportunity and that invite uh, from from Coach Hauk, um to ask me to come out and be a part of the uh, the United States uh, <clears throat> Greco Roman program when I wasn't even a national team member at that time, I think that was pretty encouraging. So that really transformed you. That that was your aha moment, saying, "Oh heck, I could do this. If I'm being invited here, I can do this." Well, I don't know if I needed uh, validation from anyone okay. to, to okay. actually believe that. Um, I, I believed in my, my abilities, my my intelligence, my work ethic. And, uh, you know, I knew how to pursue goals. And sure. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that it's always nice to be encouraged. Of course. And uh, coaches are, are definitely encouragers, and that's, that's part of their role is, is to – uh, you know, the, the word encourage is literally to pour courage into someone else. And right. when you're a coach, your your job is to pour courage into your students. And right. and uh, so I, I was certainly encouraged. Um, but I don't know if that was the aha moment where I believed I could do do that. I, I have a lot of belief in myself. And, and, you know, I think probably more so we talked about my coach, Mark Sprague, who was, uh, you know, the, the head coach at the, the club I started at and, um, you know, trained at all through high school was, you know, just the fact that, you know, Mark constantly reminded his athletes that, you know, we were creating the image of God and the likeness and, uh, you know, we could do all things, sure. uh, you know, so I, I just feel like there were, there was a lot of people that encouraged me and, and poured into me throughout my career. Um, so yeah, but but to answer your question, I, I would think that that moment that Coach Houck invited me out to be a part of the Olympic Training Center was definitely uh, inspiring and and encouraging as well. Well, I love that you brought that up because there's two things that I'm taking away from that, Matt. Is that one, we need courage today, particularly in our situation globally. But our sport, I think, is a courageous sport. So leading with courage is incredibly more important today than it ever has been. And our sport may even be more important today than it ever has been. But two, what you said about that aha moment not really needed, I love because, you know, I think maybe you're born with that. You're born in your DNA. You were born with that aha moment. And it was just people that were around you, coaches that just maybe validated that more. But it seems to me that some people are just born with, I can do this. Am I, am I overstating that? Well, you know, I mean, whatever I've set my mind to, I felt like I could do it or, or I probably wouldn't have pursued those goals. Uh, Sure. You know, even, uh, you know, I think there was, you know, a time when, when I, uh, finished the Olympic Games, you know, I, I started fighting in the UFC uh, right. two months after after the Games. And I think there was there's always a lot of negativity in the world. People want to tell you, you can't do this, you can't do that. Right. I think you got to follow your passions and, and b- 
believe in yourself and then put a plan together to how you're going to accomplish that. I love that. That's a great, that's a great blueprint for our young listeners as well as anybody listening. And with that, I want to take a break to thank our sponsors and we'll be back with you to talk a little bit about the, the, the life after the Olympics and the World Championships. We'll be right back with Matt Lindland. I want to thank Serve Pro of Beachwood, our newest sponsor, and Jack Coslin, the owner. They serve all of Northeast Ohio, not just Beachwood. They specialize in disaster cleanup that leaves your home or office like new, like it never happened. Flood and water damage, fire, mold, and they say even blood and guts. Not just any Serve Pro. Seek out Serve Pro of Beachwood. That's Serve Pro Beachwood, Shaker Heights, Cleveland Heights.com, 216-464-4498. Operated by a former Allstate wrestler from Beachwood. We love Serve Pro of Beachwood. Coach Cimarroni for Next Level Continuing Education. Next Level brings unique education to real estate professionals and real estate investors on how to get money effectively and efficiently into real estate investments. Next Level Continuing Education has ditched the traditional continuing education platform. Gone are the days of listening to boring content in a stuffy classroom setting. Come jump on a Zoom call whenever you find it comfortable and learn how to expand your real estate portfolio. Next Level CE brings unique content across Ohio and the Midwest to teach real estate investors how to become their own bank using the infinite banking concept to acquire more properties quickly. Call Ryan M. Miller, the CE Specialist, at 330-933-8231 or click on the link in our show notes. That's Ryan M. Miller, CE Specialist, 330-933-8231 or our show notes. The link is where you go. Thank you. Hey, it's Coach Cimarroni. We're back with Matt Lindland. Uh, Olympic silver medalist, world silver, uh, world champion, and U.S. national champion, or actually, I think world uh, silver medalist. If I, I don't want to misstate that, am I correct, uh, Matt? Uh, world and Olympic uh, silver medalist. Yeah, two different weight categories. Okay, but you are U.S. national titleist, though, correct? Uh, multi-time, uh, five five different national titles at the senior level. Fantastic. Uh, one won national titles uh, at the university uh, age division in both freestyle and Greco-Roman. Wow. And, uh, yeah. That's fantastic. And, you know, that takes you into the MMA, but more more also into the limelight of TV and ra- uh, TV and, and uh, movies. And you were um, on a documentary, Fight Life. You were on Leverage, Oz. You were even in a uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley uh, movie, right? New York uh, Minute? Yeah, I, I did some film work and uh, some stunt work for, uh, and, yes, for sure. And how did that? How did that happen? Well, did just was there like a agent that was there looking at some of your stuff, some of your matches? How, how did you get into, uh, you know, on on HBO and and some of these other shows? Oh, I think it's always about connections and relationships. And uh, one of the uh, fight judges uh, that I knew was a uh, stunt uh, coordinator in uh, New York City, and I was out in New York, and uh, there was an opportunity to to do some film work on the house, 
Uh, I think I did four episodes of that. Right. And uh, then I got uh, picked up to to do the um, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movie, New York Minute. And then uh, really kind of just, you know, that was just something fun to do. Uh, sure. It's always nice to get a little residual check in the in the mail from the SAG. But uh, ultimately, that wasn't uh, a passion of mine that I was trying to pursue. It was something maybe I was looking more at just exploring the opportunity. Sure. Um, and, it, you know, it was a, more about doing the stunt work that uh, I felt like I, I had an ability to do. Sure. So... I did some of those films, and then uh, Leverage, uh, uh, Christian, uh, reached out to me when they were filming that in Portland. Right. There was a big, there was a big fight episode, and they brought me in to uh, kind of work alongside the lead character there, Christian Kane. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, he needed some uh, some ideas on choreographing uh, some big fight scenes. He also needed help uh, supplying uh, extras. For guys working out in the gym, and I, I uh, at that time, had been operating a gym for about 15 years in Oregon. Right. And so I brought some of my, my professional fighters over there. Uh, I helped them choreograph all the fight scenes, and uh, we shot that in Portland. So that was, uh, that was how I got involved in that one. That's cool, too, because I, I never, you know, I was watching um, Foxcatcher, uh, a couple weeks ago, and we had Yoshi Nakamura on our last episode. Uh, and Yoshi was the Japanese wrestler, I believe, in the movie. Uh, but you know, it's it's always good to watch a wrestling movie or a fight movie, and you know that it's somewhat sim somewhat good, or <laughs> somewhat realistic. Uh, when yeah, you see I think it, that, yeah. that fight scene that we did in leverage on the tap out job was uh, that was a really great scene. I mean, that we. We shot for hours and hours um, on that. It's amazing and, uh, how long it takes just to get a natural look to it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I know it's crazy, but uh, and then you did Fight Life. Tell me a little bit about that. That was a pretty cool, pretty cool movie, no? Uh, you know, I, I, I know it was it was some kind of documentary. I was interviewed in it a few times. It wasn't um, hugely distributed, so. Right. Uh, I don't know a, a ton about that, that okay. production. Okay. It was just um, something that I probably got a credit in because I was I was interviewed in there. Gotcha. Well, I I, uh, I also just watched the the um, documentary on Lee Kemp wrestled away, and you know it's some it's yeah, something. Yeah, I saw that too, and I, I, I pre it's interesting you're talking about guys that uh, you know I do a, a leadership podcast um, uh, on YouTube. Okay. And I. I'd recently had uh, Lee on there. I also had uh, Mark Schultz recently on on my show. Wow! Um, so two two interesting guys that uh, you've been talking about that I've just recently uh, done done podcasts with myself. Yeah, we had Lee on last year in my first first season, and uh, I've known Lee since he was in high school. I went to high school at the, at the same time that he did, and uh, he was at a, a high school that was in our league, and you know he he was always our idol growing up because my goodness he transformed himself from a sophomore that was basically 500 to an undefeated state champion junior by doing basically one thing just doing everything gable did <laughs> so it's amazing where yeah and then, you know, and then beat him during gable he did you know, he beat while he, was, he, while he was still in high school yeah he beat uh he was an 18 year old 
I think he was, no, I think he may have been a freshman at University of Wisconsin. I think he Wisconsin. was 17 at the time. 17, yeah, he beat Gable yeah. coming out of the Olympic the Olympic year, trying to make the Olympic team the next year. Crazy, crazy story. But uh, that's fantastic. And so, Matt, you got into um, coaching after uh, after your uh, your Olympic run, your your world run. Well, actually, I got into to coaching um, when I was, I was out here living in Colorado Springs. I told you that... Uh, Coach Halk invited me out to Colorado Springs and right. to be a part of this resident program. He actually stepped down from the position. We had a we had a new coach come in and, and take over the national program at that time. And in '96, uh, I fell short of making the Olympic team. Okay. Uh, back then, there was there was a rule that if you went hand to hand on a gut wrench, you only got one, and if if a guy broke down to his elbow or his shoulders, you got two. And uh, when I when I gutted my opponent Gordy Morgan mm-hmm. uh, at the tournament, he went hand to hand, and uh, he turned me for two, and so I ended up losing that match two to one to to Gordy Morgan. He ended up going on and competing in the Olympic Games in Atlanta that year. Okay, and uh, you know the difference between me being number one and me being number two or three on the national team was uh, was a difference of being able to uh, afford to live in Colorado right. and uh, <clears throat> train full time. So I had took an, I'd taken a job at the university of Nebraska as an assistant coach back when uh, coach uh, Newman was, was there. Okay. And uh, I was coaching for, for four years while I was uh, pursuing my Olympic dreams. Um, I coached uh, multiple NCAA all Americans, a Division One national champion, Brad Baring, and uh, two of those athletes both went on to uh, compete in Greco-Roman and win world medals for the United States. Uh, Justin Reese and Brad Baring. So, um, I, you know, in four years, I, I developed into a fairly decent coach. Um, right. Moved back to Oregon and and was uh, not only uh, professionally fighting as as a prize fighter for twelve years. I was coaching uh, athletes and managing athletes and getting them, you know, fights in the UFC and all over the all over the globe. Honestly, we were fighting in Europe and Asia and everywhere in the world. So, uh, yeah, I started I started my coaching career while I was still competing. That's stellar. Uh, that that's a beautiful thing to be able to do both at the same time and then have that type of success and then pay it forward in regards to getting that type of uh, international success from from the guys that you're coaching, and I'm sure too they may have taught you some stuff. You know, coming back, it's it's interesting as a coach. I've had so many guys that co- have come back and have taught me things, and it, you know the student becomes the teacher, and then you get better, and then you teach more. It's it's crazy how that works, is, isn't it? It's it's great, and, and just building those relationships with with certain athletes that you have throughout your entire life. You know, somebody like Brad Baring who's yes. just one of the one of the most wonderful human beings I, I know. <laughs> you know, when when uh when I was coaching out there, you know, it was just me and my wife and our two kids and right. you know, I, I remember Brad saying, Hey hey coach, let me watch your kids so you can take your wife out on a date. Yes. That was the first time we'd ever experienced that because um, you know, when we got married when I was a junior in college and uh, we we had a we had our first child that summer. Yes, you know we we had never uh, really spent any time alone with with one another, and 
honestly, Brad was probably the only person I would let watch my children. Right, right, right. Well, that's beautiful too. You know that that is the selflessness of our sport. It just attracts so many great people. Uh, you know, there's always the, the 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 bad apple, but more times than not, we get those types of really quality human beings because it takes so much just to step on the mat. You talk about courage, right? Just just doesn't matter what level, get on the mat. You got to be a little bit. You got to have a little bit of courage. Um, yeah, you do. You, you, know? you have to uh, you have to take action and face your fears and and you know do bold, courageous things. And, I, I, uh, yeah. You know, wrestlers. You know, their life. You know, is rooted in their faith and ideals and principles that you know honestly strip away the the pride and pettiness and you know bring brings great meaning to to life and, and purpose. I could not agree with you more. That's really our currency, isn't it? That's our wealth. Uh, you know, uh, as a sport or as a coach. Is that uh, humanity that's that we see and that uh, that right now is needed even more so and you know so so you're you're doing that now uh, in, in in Colorado so what are you doing today uh, as a coach or as a uh, as a business person? Well, I was very you know blessed with the opportunity to uh, you know right right when I was retiring from uh, competitive mixed martial arts, which I did for twelve years, I was. Um, ranked as high as number one in the world. Uh, wow. I had the opportunity to fight. Uh, when I was the number one middleweight in the world, I got the opportunity to fight the number one heavyweight in the world uh, in his hometown in St. Petersburg, Russia. Um, wow. Train and travel and compete all over the the globe and, and meet a lot of people. And it, it's it's not just wrestling. It's it's martial arts across the board. And I think too many times we, we look at wrestling as, as only a sport and not – in martial art, I, I didn't get into the sport to become Olympic champion. I got into the sport to, to honestly have the skills and the abilities to defend myself from sure. bullies in high school. Right. Um, it's the original martial art. It's the original martial art. It is. It is a very effective martial art yes. uh, when you look at it, because in real life, you you don't train on, or you don't you know fight on on mats and right. soft surfaces. You know, you can use the uh, the ground below you and create that opportunity to lift your opponent off the off the earth and return him to a, a hard surface. Yes. You know? Yes. So yeah, it's a, it's a very effective martial art. No uh, doubt, for sure. But um, going back to your your question there. Yes. Um, in 2004, the uh, position opened up, and I thought I would, you know, apply for this job and. Ultimately, I took the position and moved out here in the uh, summer of 2014, right before the World Championships in Uzbekistan that year, and jumped in uh, full on. I mean, we just uh, when I when I got hired, we just had selected our our world team for that year through our trials process, and uh, I got the opportunity to help prepare these athletes and uh, take them to a World Championships uh, just a few months later. That is fantastic, Matt. Well, I'm sure that you've you've touched so many lives in so many positive ways, and you know we are very fortunate to have you on uh, the podcast Blood Time. And we want to thank you so much for sharing your story. And today in this world, you know what we're facing. Uh, I ask all my guests to leave us with a word of encouragement and inspiration. And I'm going to turn it over to you. And please uh, share with share with our, with our audience what uh, what you wish to. <laughs> uh, I think 
think you just need to, you know, connect your, your goals to, uh, to, to emotions and, and logic and, and figure out how we can, you know, you, you can always be brave and afraid at the same time. It, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter if you're, if you're, if you're nervous or you're, you're a little afraid, um, because, you know, we can, we can go out and accomplish anything. If, if you believe you were created in, in the image and likeness of, of the creator, then you know that you are endowed with, with the seeds of greatness and you can go out and accomplish anything in life. So, um, it's just figure out what your passion is, what you're passionate about and, and follow those dreams. I've, uh, you know, been able to do that my entire life, um, with wrestling, with mixed martial arts. And then, uh, you know, I, after I retired from mixed martial arts, I, uh, took up, uh, professional whitewater racing for seven years and, uh, you know, made a national team, uh, won a couple of events at the national championships there and, uh, was a seven time regional champion in, in that sport. Um, but it, it is, it's all about, uh, taking risk, you know, and, and I think that is what's inherent and in, in about the international styles of wrestling is it is, it's all about risk. And, and you go back and you look at, you know, the, the watered down version of, of our folk style wrestling system, yes. that it, it's more about control and, and, uh, not taking so much risk. Right. So that's what, that's what I really, uh, appreciate about the international styles is is it is about risk and there is a lot of risks we have to take in in life and sure. uh, you can find parallels all all across there uh, i love what you just left us with calculated risk right calculated risk is a is a brilliant thing but more importantly what you said about fear and, and bravery together uh, i just think is brilliant what you said matt and um obviously that that got you to the heights of the the best of the best in uh, now two, three sports, MMA, wrestling, and, and, and whitewater rafting. It's, a, it's an amazing story, and I really thank you for sharing it with us today. Absolutely, absolutely, Peter. Yes, well, Matt, thank you so much. Good luck out in Colorado. Um, please stay safe, stay, stay strong, stay healthy, be courageous, be creative, and we love your leadership uh, throughout these years, and thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me on your show, and... Uh... We'll have to do it again sometime. Absolutely. Well, this was Matt Linlad. Thank you again, Matt Linlad. This is Peter Cimarroni, Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. We are blood. Love to all. Yes, this is uh, Coach Cimarroni for Limo King, one of our newest sponsors, and Connor Mack. We love Connor. Uh, he has uh, this company that's the premier party bus company for Cleveland with over 200 reviews being five stars. That's 200 reviews at five stars. Holy cow. All of their vehicles are purchased brand new and are custom built. They service nights out, sporting events, concerts, weddings, and many other services. They service all of Northeast Ohio, Akron, and Canton. Feel free to call or text the owner, Connor Mack, directly at 440-221-4474. That's Connor Mack, 440-221-4474. TheLimoKing.com. TheLimoKing.com for all of your party bus needs.
want to share with you my thought of the day. Agendas are a thing of the past. It's time for authentic humanity. This is Dominic Abinator. You've just heard another episode of the Blood Time Podcast. Check out more at maverickpodcasting.com. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.